Welcome to Pursue Wisdom, the teaching podcast of Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. I'm Paul Steele. I'm the pastor at Bethlehem Church, and we are in a sermon series called Lost as we take a look at how God wants us to use our money. Most Americans are lost when it comes to our finances. We have too much debt, and each month we experience significant financial pressure. Jesus and the rest of the Bible say too much about finances and money for us to be lost financially. My prayer is that this series will help you take the first steps in becoming a good manager, a good steward of the resources that God has given to you. Now let's get into the sermon. So we are going to be starting out at least in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 19 through 21. So just to be up front here as we get started, this uh, sermon series uh, comes from Andy Stanley via my, via my brother. So uh, when I wanted to do one on finances and that not being my favorite subject in the world, <laughs> Do I asked my brother, hey, do you have a good finance uh, sermon series? And he said, yeah, this one from Andy Stanley from a long time ago. So anyway, just in case you're surfing the net and like, oh, and you come across that, I want you to know like, hey, this, this, and give him credit too for, for the ideas here. So, uh, but, uh, and so as we get started here, I have this question. Have you ever been lost? Have you ever been lost? Now, it was the summer of 1993, so it was the summer after my freshman year at Nebraska Christian College, and uh, I was living, you know, I was back home, and my dad, you know, my dad, one of the things he did was he just went around and, and filled in uh, at different churches when they needed a preacher, and, and this one Sunday, uh, there was a opportunity for me to preach uh, at uh, Lamar's, Iowa, the Church of Christ in Lamar's, Iowa, the ice cream capital of the world, right? Blue, blue bunny ice cream. And uh, so I, so my dad gave me directions, told me where it was, and I go, and I'm, I'm in Lamar's, I'm in that area, but I cannot find the church. And I'm driving around and around and around. I know, like, and I don't remember now exactly what my problem was, but, it, but it's basically in this residential area. And there wasn't even necessarily like a gas station nearby where I could stop and like ask for directions because that was beginning to be how desperate I was. So, you know, I was pretty desperate to try to find this church. Like, like I don't know. And, and I know like, hey, they're going to be needing the, the, the sermon time's going to be starting here pretty soon. And so, so I just, I just, I prayed. I said, God, help me find this church. And as I'm driving around, all of a sudden I see this, this uh, building. And on the building, there's, there's the place where it's a little bit darker in the form of a cross. So you could see that there was a cross up on the building at one time, but it had taken down. But it was darker, and the rest of the building had faded. And I'm like, I wonder if that's it. And so I drove up to the building, and sure enough, it was. And I walked in, and the elders were really relieved because they were in the back kind of drawing straws to see who was going to get up and preach. <laughs> 
Uh, and so, so it's no fun to be lost. If you've ever been lost and you're like, where am I? It's no fun. We don't know where we are. We don't know how to get to where we're going. But here's the thing. We can get lost with a lot of confidence and assurance. That we are confident that we know the right way to go, right? That we can get there from here. And so there's basically three ways that we can get lost. One is that we have a bad map or bad directions, all right? Even with GPS, this happens. You just, things aren't right, and you get, and it routes you to the wrong place. It's just bad directions. A second way we get lost is that we have a good map, we have good directions, but in there, we take a wrong turn somewhere. We, We turn too soon, we turn too late, whatever. We take a wrong turn, And we don't notice it right away. And then all of a sudden, like, where in the world am I? A third way is that we have a good map, we have good directions, but we get distracted. Right? Even with GPS, this is probably the number one way we get lost is we get distracted. We get talking with the the other person in the car or whatever. We get distracted. We miss our turn. And all of a sudden, we are lost. Except with GPS, she'll remind you, hey, rerouting or whatever, you know, like, but we get lost because we get distracted. Most of the time, we start off knowing exactly where we are, we know where we want to get to, and we're confident that we can get to where we want to be. But remember this, we can get lost with a lot of confidence and assurance. Confidence and self-assurance are not insurance against getting lost. You can get lost, even though you're confident that you know the way. So why are we talking about being lost? Well, the reality is that more than half of Americans, and probably closer to three quarters of Americans, are lost financially. We all start off with our first checkbook, our first savings account, whatever, with a lot of self-confidence. We believe that we could manage our money, that we knew the best thing to do, and now we realize that we are not where we want to be financially. Things are not lined up with the way that we thought they should go. And so one of the reasons we have difficulty with changing our financial situation and getting unlost is simply shame. That feeling that, we're, uh, that, that we should have known better, like, like, like oh, it's all this, these stupid mistakes that I've made, and so we have a lot of shame, and like, we don't want to talk about it. We kind of want to keep it hidden, and that just keeps us in that same place. It keeps us stuck. It keeps us lost. And so we, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to be judged for the choices we've made. And so one of the things I want to say here at the start of this whole sermon series is that there's no judgment here. No judgment at all. Why? Because even the most successful of us, the ones that, have, that, that are not lost financially, we've all made 
stupid decisions. We've all done dumb stuff with our money. All of us. And so there's no judgment here. Rather, what my desire is for you and for me and for all of us is that is that we move beyond the shame and the fear. And see, shame and fear are both indicators that we're living outside of God's will, that we're not lined up with what he desires. And so we want to move beyond the shame and the fear to being good stewards. And a steward is someone who manages the affairs or the property of another person. So we want to move beyond that shame and fear to be good stewards of the resources that God has given to us. Now, the other thing to remember here when we talk about being lost financially is that we're not talking about the amount of money we have. This isn't about being rich or poor. There are rich people who are lost financially. Yeah, they may have, it, they may have this uh, look that they have it all together because they're making all this money, but the reality is that they're severely burdened financially so you can be rich and be lost. There are poor people who are lost financially. But you know what? There are also poor people who are living within God's will when it comes to their finances. See, most of us have plenty of money. And so money isn't necessarily the issue. It's about how we use what we have. Now, I will say this. Because this is one of the things I, I, I kind of ran into this week as I was thinking about this, this sermon, is that I think it's easier now than ever before to have money slip through your fingers. So I was listening to one of the, the podcasts I listened to. It's a, it's a news, news podcast that I listen to in the morning. Uh, ten, ten minutes gives me the headlines of the day and all that stuff. Uh, and she, she was uh, advertising this app called, I think it's called Rocket Money. And what the app does is that it, it, uh, it looks for all the subscriptions, all your unused subscriptions that are out there. And according to the commercial, but that's what I'm going on. According to the commercial, the average American is spending $200 a month in subscription fees. And a lot of those aren't even being used. But think about it. Because this is, this is what got me thinking about this this week is, is that I was listening to Spotify, and I just have this, the free version of Spotify, but the downside of that is that it like, gives you the same 10 songs to listen to over and over and over again. And like, okay, well, like, well, maybe I should think about you know, getting the subscription. It's $10 a month, $11 a month. You know, just think about how easy it is to put those things on your credit card you have your Netflix one, you have Disney Plus, you have Spotify, you have Amazon Music, you have this and this, and then you have, you have your Y you know, membership, you have this, and you have all these things, and it's, and it's just coming out of your bank account, it's coming out, it, it's on your credit card, you don't even give it a second thought. And so I think it's, it's easier than ever before just to have money slip right through your fingers. 
and not even really think about it because so much of this is just automatic anymore. And that's why as God's people, if we're going to be good stewards of what he has given to us, we need to be intentional about where our finances go. What is our financial uh, situation? So how do we know if we're lost financially? Well, first, one way that we can know is uh, we spend more than we make. So if we're spending more as a way of life than we make, if more's going out each month than what's coming in, yeah, we're lost. We're, a second way is if we don't know if we, if we, we don't know if we spend more than we make. You know, that's what I was just talking about. We, <laughs> are we spending more than we make? What, what is our situation? We're just kind of, uh, that's where the saying, ignorance is bliss, is not true. Well, you, you may be ignorant of your situation. You may feel okay about that, but there's going to be bad things coming along. A third way is if you don't care if you make, if you spend more than you make. Like, hey, hey, I have this credit card, and it says I have this much as a limit, and I'm going to use it all up. You just don't care. And that becomes your way of life. Uh, you, pay, you pay more, you pay the minimum on your credit card as a way of life. If that's just like, hey, this is just life in America. This is just the way it should be, and you just pay the minimum, you're lost financially. Uh, Number five, another way that you can know if you're lost financially, is when we think paying the minimum on our credit card is a good financial plan. Like, hey, this is good financial planning. I, hey, I'm paying the minimum on my credit card. Uh, six, if we make, so a sixth way we know if we're lost financially is if we make, uh, make $100,000 and we feel significant financial pressure. That's saying, hey, we need to reorder some things in our lives because that shouldn't be the case. Uh, seven, if you're making uh, financial decisions that your spouse doesn't know about, right? Like you are going to make this decision. You're going to kind of hide it from you know, your husband, your wife, whatever. That, that's a problem, Right, right, within marriage, we're a team, we're in this together, and so we need to know what each other is doing. We can't be hiding things from one another. And the eighth way we can know that we're lost financially is if we're making financial decisions that the IRS doesn't know about. Like if we're, if we're kind of being slippery on things, we're trying to keep things. Now, I get, I get not wanting to pay taxes, and I think we should take advantage of all that we should, we can when it comes. But if we are trying to think outside the box, slipping out of the gray areas, you know, into, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. So those are ways that we can know, are we lost financially? And I think just the fact that if we worry, if we have anxiety, when it comes to money issues, financial issues, that's an indicator that we are lost financially. We're not living within the, the will of God. So why are we talking about finances at church, <laughs> right? Uh, well, it's not because I love to talk about money. 
because uh, I'm not a money guy. I just, I don't, it, yeah, I'm lost financially because finances, money gives me a lot of anxiety and worry about it. I, like, it just does. Like, so that's not the reason we're talking about finances in church. The reason we're talking about finances in church and why we're not just sticking with spiritual issues or issues of discipleship is because Jesus wants to bring heal, uh, wholeness and healing to every area of our lives. And that includes our finances. Jesus wants us to be whole in our finances. He wants us to, to get unlost when it, get, it comes to our finances. See, money is a spiritual issue. And Jesus and the Bible as a whole says just too much about money for us to be lost financially. And so one of the very first places that Jesus addressed the issue of money is in the Sermon on the Mount. So shortly after teaching the disciples about fasting and about prayer and about giving, right, right after, not right after, but shortly after the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat, eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will also be. Jesus taught that our hearts and our treasures are linked. Right? And so if we're going to treasure, if, if our main concern here in this world is about finances, it's about money, it's about the things that we can possess, there's something wrong. That's going to affect our heart sooner or later. So we need to be careful about what we're storing up. Are we storing up possessions? Are we storing up money? Are we storing up wealth? Or, or are we storing up things that really matter? Eternal things. You know, things like love. and good works, and worship. What is it that we're storing up in our lives? If money is our main treasure, if that's what we are most concerned about, and, ye, and money can be what we're most concerned about, whether we have a lot of it or whether we have little of it, if it's the kind of the focal point of our lives, then it's going to control our hearts. We will value it above all else. And if we value money above all else, then that's going to be where we spend our time. It's going to be where we spend our attention. It's going to be what consumes our thoughts, and, and, and it's going to affect our hearts. We also need to remember here that what Jesus says is that our hearts and treasures are going to go to the same place, Right? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. 
So if our treasures are about the things of this world, then they're going to, our treasures and our hearts then with it are going to go the way of this world. And that's why it's so important for us to get control of our wealth, of our finances, of our money, and kind of and put that in its proper place. We want to treasure up eternal things. Right? Jesus says here in the Sermon on the Mount 2. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things, God will provide all that we need when we make our first priority his kingdom. When we make our priority loving God and loving people, doing good works, being holy, you know, loving our neighbor. You know, like that, God's going to provide for our needs. So we trust him in this. When it comes to getting unlost, we need to ask ourselves this very important question. What type of treasure am I storing up? What type of treasure am I storing up? What is the focal point of my life? What consumes my heart and my mind, my thinking? Luke also records some of Jesus' teachings on money in chapter 16. So Luke chapter 16, uh, verses 10 through 13. So here we read about the importance of being good stewards of what God has given to us. And remember, a steward is someone who is managing the affairs or the property of another person. So Luke chapter 16, verses, starting with verse 10. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said that how we use our money demonstrates our faithfulness. How we use our money demonstrates our faithfulness to God. And we need to remember, first and foremost, then, that our money, even the money that we've earned, Right, that we've worked for doesn't belong to us. Right? The money that we have, the money that's in our bank account, the money that we get in our paycheck is not our money. It is money that God has given to us to manage, to use. We are stewards of what he has given to us. It belongs to him. So we are created, right? This goes back to Genesis. We are created in God's image to be his representatives. And in other words, we are created to be God's stewards of his good creation. And as stewards, then we need to submit to him, to his will. 
And the warning Jesus gives here is that if we're not wholly devoted to him, if our first allegiance is not to God, then we're going to end up worshiping other things. And in this case, if we love things, if we love money more than God, then we're going to worship the money. The money then becomes our master. Instead of managing our money or the money that God has entrusted to us, our money is going to end up controlling us. And throughout the Bible, money is a common substitute for God. Money may be the number one competitor for our allegiance to God. Because in our minds, so often, money fixes all our issues. If we just had more money, we wouldn't have any other worries, right? If we just had more money, we wouldn't have any worries. Money is the answer, so often we think. It takes the place of God to provide for us. We need to be first and foremost devoted to God. He is to be our master and king. And whatever we have, whether it's the money in our bank accounts, whether it's the houses that we live in, it is all God's. And we are stewards of that. Even our own bodies, our our lives, they're not our bodies, they're not our lives, they are Gifts that God has given to us to manage, take care of. And so we submit to his will, we submit to his authority, and we worship him. So as we talk about money here the next three weeks after this, which, as I said, is not my favorite topic. It fills me with anxiety and with worry and like, oh, man, i just rather not, all right? Just rather not talk about it. Like, just, hey, let's just forget this. Let's not think about it. But I want us to remember this. I don't want something from you. And this isn't about trying to get you to give more. So if you're not aware, the, the last several years, at least three years, we here at Bethlehem have run on a deficit budget. I mean, we've set up the, def- the budget knowing that what, we, what comes in for giving each year is not going to cover what we plan on spending. And one of the reasons we've been able to do that is because of the generosity of people in the past, you know, your generosity, that has allowed us to have some savings. But God is so generous and has provided so much for us that the only time, the only time in these years that we've dipped into those savings was this past fall when we had to spend $10,000 to repair the stucco. When we are living within God's plan and doing God's will, he's going to provide for us. 
So this, my whole point here isn't to set some guilt trip on to you to, like, hey, I need to give more to Bethlehem. That's not, that's not my intention here at all. So I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And that's freedom. I want you to be free from the worry and the anxiety and the stress that comes with being lost financially. And I can't stress this enough. God wants to bring freedom into our lives, and that includes our finances. It all begins with, with by uh, surrendering our lives, even our finances, to God. We commit it all to him. So here's our big idea this morning. Christians are to be good stewards of their finances. Christians are to be good stewards of their finances. And so the idea here is that we see ourselves not being the owners or the, in control of our finances, that this is our money. The, the idea here is understanding that first and foremost, that what we have, our money, is a gift from God and we are to manage it for him. It's all on loan from God, and we, are, and we are to be good stewards of it. That means we need to trust him to provide for our needs. It means that one of the things we need to do is meet our responsibilities. So God gives us money. One, one of the reasons is to meet our needs and our responsibilities, so we want to use that for that. We need to know what we can afford and what we can't afford. And so there are just going to be some things that we're going to say no to. Right? As, as much as we want to do it, we're going to have to say no to that vacation. We're going to have to say no to getting a new car. We're going to have to say no to, to some of the things the kids want to do or whatever. There, we need to know what we can afford. And we also need to make room in, in our managing of God's finances to be generous. Because God blesses us so we can be a blessing to others. And so we need to figure out, how can I be a blessing to others with what God has given to us? So here's our challenge this morning. Know what comes into your bank account and where it goes. Right? So if you don't know, if you don't already know that, I know some of you know exactly down to a penny what comes in and what goes out, and that's great. But if you don't know, take some time this week to figure it out. And you know what? I know this is scary. That's why I don't like doing it, right? I'd rather just like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's no, this is one of those areas where we just have to face our fears and trust that, man, God's going to be with us in this. And so we submit it, we surrender it to him, because this is the important first step in getting unlost. Knowing what comes in and where it goes. If we don't do this, then there's just no hope. We need to know this basic information. So in this process, we need to trust God. It isn't going to be easy. That's what, that, I, I wish there was just an easy way for this all to change. Like, hey, you know, but like anything, from losing weight to getting healthy, you know, getting our finances, in, or it's, it's not a simple process. It doesn't happen overnight. But I'm certain that as we take the necessary steps to get to the right place, God's going to provide what we need. 
He's going to go with us. He wants us to experience freedom. He wants us to be good stewards of his resources. That's his desire for our lives. And so we need to trust him. Let's trust God in this process of getting unlost financially. Money is a spiritual issue. It's also a difficult one for many of us. When we talk about finances, when we talk about money, it can bring up worry and anxiety in us. I'm one of those people. And so I want to encourage you to keep moving forward in this process. Take it slow. Things aren't gonna change overnight. And trust God. He is going to provide for your needs. So pray and trust in him. I hope that you have a great week. I'll see you back here next week. God bless.